0: Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Smith, and if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast. And if you love this podcast and want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton of instructional videos there. You can find the links below. However, for today, today, this beautiful day, my guest is Omid Cassius Kadari. Born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, the independent talent Cassius, better known as Cassius, so Ahmed Kadari, better known as Cassius, is a hip hop artist with an ear for music and a passion for his work. Cassius, a rapper, songwriter, filmmaker, entrepreneur, fell in love with rap when he attended J. Cole's concert in 2009, immediately finding a deep inspiration to create music. For him, he recognized the deep meaning beyond rhythms and rhymes of rap. He takes influence from talents of hip-hop legends like Gangstar, DJ Premier, Nas, Tupac, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, and artists of today's generation, J. Cole, Logic, and Russ. He developed a connection with old-school Boombop, their anecdotal approaches to his music, as he has seen done before by the greats. His resilient Afghan-Canadian identity is what motivates him more Motivates the more personal messages of his rap and defines who he is as an individual and as an artist. Outside of the studio, Cash is the radio host of the Full Switch program on the Universal Radio Network and host of the Second Floor podcast. He is also the founder of the media production company Q Films Z, Films Media. In 2019, he directed, shot, and edited two Super Bowl commercials for the Canadian Brew House, which aired. On the Canadian television network, my man Cassius, the legend. Welcome to the show.
1: <laughs> Yo, man, I appreciate you. I'm I'm surprised you went through the entire thing because nobody nobody usually goes through my entire bio, but I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Know you. What?
0: There's there's no sense in like just going half measures. You know why not just go full bore?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm I'm honored to be here, and I'm honored to chop it up with you, man. I can't wait for our conversation. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, really, really simple. Um, how, how is it that what you do impacts others?
1: Impacts others. Well, I, uh, I hope that the, the art that I create through music and film and the people that I work with on a day to day, I hope they, you know, take some inspiration from it. Um, I'm full creative, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm in the media space. We're doing podcasting, we're doing radio, we're doing uh, film, we're doing videography, photography, we're doing all sorts of creative stuff. So um, it's almost like a, it's almost like a blank canvas when I work with people or when I am working on my own personal projects, whether it's music or film. Um, and so I think the things that I produce, I'm hoping to get a feeling out of, People. So I feel like that is how I impact people in the world is when they watch a a video of mine or they listen to a song of mine or um, I create a video for somebody, I am trying to get a feeling out of them. And whether it's for my own business, where it's videography, um, I try to uh, produce that feeling of what they want out of that video. Um, Whether it's my own personal projects with music and film, I am trying to get a feeling out of the person across from me, if they're listening to it, if they're watching it, same with the podcast. So um, I think that's how my, my work impacts others around me. So
0: Mm, that's beautiful. So I think that uh, creativity is an expression of the person that we are in this moment. And there is a component of vulnerability in whatever we're trying to create, especially if it invokes an emotion. How do you handle, do you experience, do you find that uh, you bring a lot more vulnerability to your projects and to your art?
1: Yeah, 100%, man. I think if you're not vulnerable, it's um, you're, you're putting up some sort of uh, no, I wouldn't say facade, but I feel like that's one half of you that isn't showcased. Right. So, uh, you know, especially in rap, I know. Uh, I think one of the one of the individuals who's found the most success in this is Drake. You know, him putting himself out into the world with his music, where he he comes off as quote unquote soft. That was his criticism early on, where he's not really a rapper; he's a singer. Why is he trying to get into rap? Why is he trying to act all you know bravado or gangster or whatever you want to call it? But his his strength is being vulnerable, talking about his, you know, background, talking about his struggles with women, talking about his struggles with his Jewish background. And for me, from my music and my filmmaking, I've tried to implement that in in, in the videos that I do, not in everything, not in every form of uh, piece of work that I do, but I always keep that in the back of my head. You know, I'm Afghan, I'm Canadian. I want to bring that to the table. I want to share those stories from my father and share the stories that I've, you know, when I was in Afghanistan for for a month and, 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 bring that to the table and be vulnerable and share those actual honest experiences, because I feel like that's where the best art is created is being fully or trying to express yourself in the fullest form. And that includes being vulnerable.
0: Hmm. I love that. So, yeah. uh, where do you find the most inspiration for your creativity? What, what kind of activities do you find yourself where the most, where I'll put it this way where the universe is just dumping creativity in your brain. And then you got to spew it out where, what kind of activities kind of get you dialed in in that way?
1: Uh, Well, I don't really, I guess, quote unquote, seek, seek that sort of inspiration. I kind of just put myself in, in the environments. So I I think for me, um, you know, being in my studio and, Um, listening to a certain melody or a certain rhythm or a certain beat or instrumental, um, you know, that puts me in a certain vibe. Right. Um, And uh, I think, you know, a lot of people uh, who are artists, I think they everyone has a different way of creating, uh, you know, creative works and whatnot. But for me, I'll put myself in my studio and I'll run through um, my inspirations. Um, So I'll listen to a J. Cole song or I listen to some sort of old school hip hop uh, uh, instrumental. Um, I'll listen to some R&B or I listen to some jazz you know stuff that I I love and then within that moment where I'm trying to gain like I will feel um, I'll gravitate toward a certain instrumental or I gravitate towards something uh, during that session and then I'll start to write to it or then I'll start to um, you know think about what I could produce from that session Some sessions are great, you know, I'll write, you know, an entire song. And then some sessions are, I can't think of a a line. I can't think of anything. Um, And so I I try to not put too much of a, I guess, quote unquote sandbox, if you will. Um, I try to let myself kind of free flow um, while I'm in my sessions. So
0: that's pretty sweet. I heard Jack White say in an interview once where when he hears a song of his, when he's just out and about, it doesn't he doesn't even recognize it as him writing it and it's as if what we were kind of talking about before where creativity flows through people where it is his lyrics it is his song but when he's in the moment when he's like dial just in the moment writing the song there's something else going through him do you find that do you find your music to be similar where it's it's something that you wrote but you don't see it as you see it as something further past, like just yourself.
1: I agree, one hundred percent. I agree because it's in that moment, that specific moment, and that feeling that is captured within that time frame. Right? You're creating something at a specific time frame and a specific moment. You're in a specific environment. You're in a specific feeling, and yeah. So, for example, like I'll, you know, I made a, I made a song a few years back, and it's. You know, it was a collaboration um, with a friend and it was very, very hard and very grimy and very like dark. Um, and I look back at that song and sometimes I listen to it and it kind of, I almost cringe sometimes because I'm like, oh, like that was such a different feeling and different moment for me that I don't even, not that I cringe and saying it's bad. I'm just saying it from the standpoint of I'm not in that feeling anymore, I'm not in that moment. And so um, I just see it as like, oh, that was a really good song for that particular time because I was going through X, Y, Z. And so I put it out there and I put myself out there in that sense. But when I look back at it, I just see it as that thing, as its own specific entity that's out in the world. And and it was for a specific time. So, Do you yeah. find
0: that uh, in the process of writing... Cause you were talking about at that time, you look back at that, or you listen to that song you're like, shit. And then, and then you're thinking of it now how you're a different person. Do you find that uh, writing music and creating music to be therapeutic?
1: Oh yeah. 100%, man. It is because as, as, as human beings, as individuals, we, we, we go through life, especially in, I would say in this kind of society and kind of Western world where we're, we're, we're taught to be like, this kind of like lone wolf hustler, like, you know, you know, you gotta, you work, work your nine to five and work your five to nine and 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 have a great family and have everything has to be at like, yeah, I got to keep going and keep pursuing all these enormous mountains. And, um, I feel like for me that it's, it's, it's one of those things that has, um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought, but it's it's one of those things that I, I think is is kind of a hindrance in a sense where you, you feel like you have to keep pursuing, you know, these mountains and 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 go after these these big things that have these expectations, um, which I I think there's 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 there is definitely a certain point where you have to decide what mountain is right for you. I would say, and it it, it can't be you can't be pursuing everything, and you can't be um, splitting your 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 time into multiple things, and you can't let let yourself down and have these enormous expectations of of trying to to, to be great at everything. Um, personally, that's just how I feel. So
0: I completely agree with that. There is a saying for that: is if you try to catch two rabbits, you're going to catch neither.
1: Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that, man. Totally agree. What about you? I'm I'm curious. Where do you find your inspiration? How do you how do you you know, for, for the things that you do, uh, whether it's on the side or whether it's, you know, full-time, where do you find that inspiration? How do you, how do you gain? Yeah.
0: My inspiration or where I find the most inspiration is, uh, definitely from listening to like people I look up to. Um, and I find uh, walking, I always go for walks and I find the inspiration that way as well, but usually I start with challenging a thought. So if a, a thought pops up, then I try to challenge it. I try to <clears throat> see, try to counter my thought. I, I uh, like to, um, challenge it and then just see where that conversation goes. Cause I, like I find, that. I find before when I would just listen to more voices or more input externally. So kind of like, Oh, which uh, everyone's trying to pursue those different mountains. So we don't ever get to listen to our own thoughts, but when we listen to our own thoughts, oftentimes we have an inner wisdom that just already knows the resolution to whatever we're experiencing. So I think I've made it a practice to just try to listen to that thought process or try to challenge that thought process or a narrative that may have been implanted or, uh, could be habitual and try to, uh, try to line it up with how things, how, how I kind of see the trajectory. The main, yep. now that I'm actually saying it out loud, the main, the main thing where I get to draw a lot of inspiration from is I'm trying to answer the question of what is the truest truth and to find the truest truth. I've, been able to learn a lot from a lot of different things, but I've learned it from an objective point of view. So I don't, that involves it is the exercise of, or the exorcism of, the exorcism of other people's narratives, societal narratives, expectations, um, just trying to flush it out. Because for me to be able to f- accomplish this creative mission of finding the truest truth, my biases can't get in the way. So I I find that when I am able to think of what this truest truth is, I try to find common denominators where things overlap. And it's just similar to if you look at theology and philosophy, both of them have the same premise. Don't be a piece of shit human being. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so people are just trying to they try to fight or counter something only based off of their personal experience or their opinion of it, or if it challenges their identity. So it's kind of interesting because I was saying it to a buddy of mine earlier today where I'm walking through this world where it's my consciousness that's just tethered to the body and it's just kind of playing around. It's just Mm. trying to explore. It's trying to learn. So I think my creativity comes from trying to think and understand like how everything is kind of created or a common denominator that connects us all. Like for example, the, the only thing between yourself and myself is our consciousness because we're still birthed from the same point in time, no matter what someone believes in order for things to be, they have to be created. Otherwise they just don't exist. So at some point in time, no matter what the beliefs are, there was the big bang, whatever someone wants to think of. And then it got to this point our physiology is at the same point in time. It just adapted to our surroundings over time, but our consciousness is for certain different. Right. Right. It's just like, I just try, I like thinking like really esoterically philosophically and it just encourages creative uh, questioning, I suppose.
1: I love that, man. And I think, I think what, what you touched on too is where you kind of take these, you know, take these inputs and whatnot and just kind of, you know, have your own perspective or 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 at least are you're open to the to the sense of you know challenging yourself and playing devil's advocate, which I think I think is huge, especially in this day and age, because people are soft. people are people are not like if if I say something and I believe something and it and you're the complete opposite, now you're offended. And why, why should you be why should you be offended by that? You know why should you be offended by my belief system? And why should I be offended by your belief system? Why can't we have a discussion here? And why can't we have a civil discussion? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we, you know, canceling people? Why are we trying to like, you know, oh, you believe this and like, you know, cancel this guy and go all this way to tarnish this person's name. And I just find that like guys like, you know, Patrick, but David, who's someone that I look up to, who's an entrepreneur and uh, he has very strong beliefs and not all the beliefs that I, I don't agree with everything he says or a guy like Joe Rogan. I'm sure you don't agree with everything the guy says, but can you sit with someone who has the opposing beliefs across from you and have a civil discussion? And and that's why I admire Patrick, because he brings on people that challenge capitalism and they challenge uh, kind of his beliefs. And he'll actually and you can you can see sometimes like the the, the conversations get heated and the other person is, is starting to get angry and whatnot, but he's, he's sitting there very calm and he's, you know, he's like, listen, I'm just asking you a question. Like, it's not, this is just meant to bring out the best of both of us so that the audience can listen to it and take both perspectives and which, and, and that's something that I'm, I, I, I try to, I'm kind of like you is like, I'll challenge myself. I'll challenge myself, my beliefs. If you tell me I'm wrong for whatever reason, okay. I want to know, like, tell me, give me, give me, give me, give me something that I, 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 I don't know. Um, and I think that's, that's very important in this day and age. So
0: I agree. I think, uh, for this is obviously my opinion on this one, but I think the, that there is more of an emphasis on teaching people what to think rather than how to think. Mm. So then people are really tied up with the absolutes of things rather than the constructive Uh, How to create a collaboration to progress as a bigger whole. But I also think that a reframe or something that's really important is to go from the foundation of thinking in terms of me into terms of we. Mm. So how can we learn from each other? It's like, no, I'm right. And you have to be wrong because if you challenge me on my ideas, then that affects my identity and people, well, we're, we're lazy we don't want to actually put in the mental effort and work in order to change our thoughts about ourselves. And that's the hardest person. That's the hardest mind to change is our own
1: 100% because we're just working on
0: reaction. We're not working on response. Um, But I think, yeah, I totally, I totally agree where it's important to actually have that civil like discussion in order to be able to have a conversation. I actually also think that it's easier to get angry and loud Than it is for people to defend their position. Yep. And I think, I I do think that a majority of people that resort straight to anger or frustration, or they want to counter and lash out in reaction, just have not thought about the topic at hand deep enough. They have shallow thinking, not deep thinking. And so that is what's going to create chaos because it's easier to just get pissed off at someone for challenging them than it is to say, huh, I never thought of that.
1: Yeah. 100%. It's tough. It's tough to swallow. It's tough to swallow your own pride sometimes. And it maybe admit you're wrong or maybe admit that there is a different perspective or a different, um, idea behind whatever it is that you're kind of defending. Right. And that's one of those things that's, that's hard to do because like you said, it's attached to, to your identity and someone feels like you're someone someone's attacking your identity well you're not just going to sit there and just take it you know so but
0: what uh what is an identity shift that you had or what is a part of your identity that you had to challenge in order to become the person that you are now
1: oh wow that's a good question um i had to challenge the idea that I thought I was going to be saved by my family and my cousins and the people that were supporting me. Um, you know, especially coming from a Brown sort of background, um, and an immigrant background, um, you know, your parents and your family play a very important role in in your life. And they, they try to, uh, they try to create your future almost for you. And so the hard part of that is is when you're growing up and especially when I was growing up, I had these inclinations of being creative, I had these inclinations of dreaming about being in film and acting and doing all these the stuff that I'm doing today that's manifested out in the world today, where the position I'm in today was I had to challenge the inner thought that I i can't i am supposed to stay in this lane of doing whatever my whatever i'm told from my parents uh and so going to school going to to work going to you should be doing this omid you should be doing this you should be doing that why are you rapping why are you coming home and and editing videos like what 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 are you up to and this is back in 2005 2006 where you know, this, you know, YouTube and stuff was maybe just starting to come up in in, in the realms and and this kind of online space of video creation and and whatnot. And I was doing those things. I was, I was like vlogging when I was 14. I have, I, you know, it's funny. I have those video clips of just me walking around with a camera talking about my day. Like, and this was before the Casey Neistat, this is before like all these YouTubers were popping up. And I had these uh, inclinations of doing those things. And my parents thought I was weird. I was I have a my one of my most recent songs called The Black Sheep. It's talking about my dad's kind of point of view and my point of view. And I felt like the black sheep. I felt like an outlier at home because I couldn't be creative. I couldn't the being creative in a conservative family does not go well. It does not. It is you look like a weirdo. So um and I always put that identity and I push that identity down. Uh I push those ideas into and I suppress those ideas because I thought they were wrong. You know, I thought rapping and making music was wrong because of my upbringing. I thought making videos and film and thinking about one day being a film director or having my own sort of, you know, production company or doing these sorts of things, I thought that was wrong because of my, my upbringing. And so I started to have this chip on my shoulder of trying to um, hide my creative works and just do them on the side or evenings and weekends and not... Uh, not show my parents or family because they would think I'm a weirdo. So, <laughs> but uh, it took a long time, um, and I constantly and I it's not even like a challenge. It was more so just an inclination. It just kept coming up, like you know when you have something in the back of your mind um, that you've always wanted to do, and you you push it in the back of your head. You're like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. But you know, you just push it back. You keep pushing it back. But one day. Five years, 10 years down the road, it's going to come back and bite you. And that's where people have like a midlife crisis. Man, I didn't, I didn't take the risk to open my own business. I didn't take that, that moment where I had that idea. And we talked about this before, before off air, where it's like that idea comes and then you throw in the back and you just say, no, I'm not, but you know, that that's the right path. You just are deciding not to um, act on it. So.
0: Absolutely. I got a neat question for, uh, your, your upbringing as well. Cause you said, so you're a creative that had a conservative family that probably wanted you to do some sort of, what was the, what was the jobs that, uh, your parents wanted you to take part in? Uh,
1: I I I wanted to, like,
0: yeah, go for it. Go for it.
1: Yeah. I was going to say just like a classic med school, like go to be a doctor, optometrist, anything, anything, doctor, lawyer, Engineer. That's that was the idea, and and I got my biology degree. That's the thing. I went to school. I went to the U of N. I got my my four year degree. But during my degree, that's where I was being the most creative, man. Like I was the most hungry. Like I was I was doing YouTube, and I was you know experimenting with cameras, and I had no money and no resources, but I was I was pushing it, and that sort of deep sort of those those ideas. Luckily, at that time, um although. I think I tried to, um, I, I think I tried to uh, ex- accept what my parents were saying and say, look, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to get my degree. So I've taken care of what you want from me. So then I felt better and I felt confident to execute on the creative stuff because I was like, Oh, I'm still getting my degree. It's not like I'm not. Um, and so I didn't really have the confidence to go out on my own and say no um, early on after, after high school. but. I was so lucky to just be stupid and just execute and just say, you know what? This is a, I'm going to try to create a TV show. You know, I'm just going to try to create a TV show. And I tried. Um, uh, it was called The Hero's Journey and it actually never came to fruition. But the art, the act of me meeting with other filmmakers and actors and trying to bring them together and writers and whatnot, that got me to fail hard. And I was like, Oh, okay. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And just my ignorance and you know, when they say ignorance is bliss, right? Like I was just ignorant to the fact of, but I was executing, and I was failing and I was constantly trying. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be so cool to be able to make music like J Cole one day? Wouldn't it be so cool to make my own videos one day? Um, And I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to start. I got no money. I got no resource. I got no name. I got no connections how do I do? How do I even start? All right. Just try, reach out to people, do something, at least the act of trying and doing. And so, yeah.
0: There's a couple of takeaways that I wanted to put in there. that I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, Cause I just, it came up with it as a visual when you're talking about, it, but when you were in university, you were, you were saying, so you said when you were in university, that's when you were the hungriest to, for that creativity, you were starving for creativity. Mm-hmm. So, And then during that time, you didn't have the how, but you focused on the why. The why was very important, and then the how was going to figure it out. And I think that an admirable uh, quality and trait in that is the persistence for progress towards the why rather than allowing the how to bog you down. And I 100%. think you're you working through that is uh, something that I think is Absolutely phenomenal because I find, and I've been guilty of this in the, my past, where I would try it once, and then it didn't work out, and then suddenly it's obviously not going to try for anything else ever again because you know that's reality. Obviously, one and done.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's yeah,
0: go go for it if you're going to say something there.
1: Yeah, no, I just you know for me it was, um, I w- I never felt aligned inside um, you know my heart and my head never felt aligned and what i mean by that is is you know when you work a job that you hate you don't want to be there you're looking at the clock you're you feel pissed off inside in in your heart you know you're not supposed to be there you know you work at you know these kind of menial jobs and and stuff that you know that you, okay i'm not going to be here forever but i i feel like i have to be here and I have to wake up at six in the morning to be at this job that I don't like and put on the suit or put on the vest and talk to customers and and you know wipe the tables, clean the counters, whatever that is, you're ignoring your heart when you're there. You're thinking about it logical, logically, and you're saying, okay, I have to be here to, to create to make money, to support myself, which is fair. But in your heart, you know you're not aligned. So your heart and your mind aren't aligned by being there. And so there's this constant ache um inside saying you shouldn't why are you here what are you doing you're you're forcing yourself you're you're suppressing that 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 emotional that uh feeling from your heart saying you shouldn't be here you should be going and doing something else and pursuing what you really want to do which is music what you really want to do which is film what you really want to do is being you know be an artist or painter whatever that is and so I've worked every single job like I've I've worked since I was 13 and I've worked I've worked at the Walmarts the superstores these big box retailers and I've worked as a dishwasher I've done all these things and every single job that I've had it's never aligned with my heart and so that feeling has it always kept coming up like man I don't belong here and I I don't fe- this doesn't feel right and so that feeling kept getting stronger where it was like, okay, I know the jobs that I don't like and the things that I don't want to pursue. But if I don't, if I sit here and do nothing, I'm going to feel even more like shit. <laughs> you know, if I'm working these, these nine to fives that I don't like, I'm going to feel more like shit. And so that's where it's like, if, even if I don't know what I'm doing, if I'm sitting and doing nothing, that hurts even more. So I have to do something. I have to send an email. I have to phone call somebody. I have to go meet somebody. In the film industry or in the music industry, I have to do something so that my heart and my mind feel aligned that, oh yeah, this is, I'm still pushing to the right path, even though I'm working these jobs that I need to support myself. And so that I continuously did that to a point where I started to gain a little bit of momentum. You get these small wins, you get, you start to understand, oh, this is how you create a video. Oh, this is what you do on YouTube that works. Oh, this is what you shouldn't be doing. And then as you slowly start to continue to push that way, you gain more confidence and you start to, you know, hopefully align and start to align your heart and your mind. So
0: I love that. At least if you're trying things out, you have a higher probability of finding the thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I
0: like that. So, uh, what is it that sets your
1: heart on fire? Hmm. In a
0: good way or a bad way? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, fair enough. Well, I guess uh, since we're talking more on the positive part, let's go negative. No, just joking. Let's go yeah, positive. Okay. Yeah. So, where is the? Where does the? What What gets you excited? What gets you pumped up? Where is it that that source of creativity could come from? Uh, where you just feel like you were just dialed in where it's just like, yes. Oh, like, you're yeah. Just, I don't even know how to describe it. to you. I, I know
1: what you mean, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's making music. I think, uh, the music and the, and, 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 and the visual, I think it's always the, the ideas that are my own or in the sense of from my own consciousness and the things that I'm thinking about. So for example, creating a song from scratch or quote unquote scratch, um, that to me getting to that final point, piece of like i'm listening back to it that that shit sets my heart on fire man where i'm just like oh my god i created this or like um i don't know if you like i would always i would would encourage anybody to go into the studio with uh, if they have a music friend, like somebody who's an artist or whatnot because when you're at a when you're making a song and it's nothing at the beginning And then when you're in the studio and you start creating it and it starts, the the layers start to piece together and then you get to this quote unquote final product and you listen back to it, that rush of feeling emotion is, is, is priceless, man. Like in that moment where you're like, I just created this and it sounds incredible to, to myself, um, that, that, that is a feeling that I, I constantly chase. And, and I'm so excited to, you know, be like, all right, I got to make some marketing material around it. I gotta, I, you know, I gotta make a music video or I gotta make some content around it. That's, that's really where I, where my heart goes on fire. So. I like that. Yeah. That's good.
0: What about I, uh I was just pondering it for, so for podcasting, something that I have learned uh, is that I really enjoy it. Cause I like learning. I like to This is actually just for me to selfishly learn from people. It's cool. It's Absolutely. fun. Yeah. Uh, and Okay, so for what, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the creative act part. So when when I'm chatting, whenever I, and I said this is Kendra literally yesterday, uh, whenever I ask a question, like how you're like, that's a good question, that to me is what you're describing. Like mm. that feeling where you listen back on something, because I know later on when I go through this again, because I listen to it again, so I can come up with the title of the podcast. Uh, unless I come with it up uh, of it on the fly, but when I listen back on the podcast, there's been times where I asked a question. I'm like, I don't even recall like really asking that question, and I was just so dialed in. Or some question just pops up, and it's actually I have another one of these kind of questions that just kind of popped into my brain from the universe, I suppose, or the uh, the source as Rick Rubin calls it that I told you about uh, pre show, but from uh. I think the create where I draw creativity from, or what sets my heart on fire, is existence. Like just the act of being, and the act of just like uh, engaging with the world, like consciously living rather than mindlessly just going through the motions. And I find, because I have a rule for myself, anything that's outside of a five foot radius, more often than not, is not is not something to pay attention to the most important things are in my vicinity that are right. immediate that i have the most control of and so with that kind of thought process or with that frame of mind i found that it brings me much more to the present and when i'm in the present there's less mental resistance so i'm just having a better flow of consciousness a better flow of thoughts and it makes it easier for me to counter different thoughts as i go through them so it's just the the i guess Doing my best to actively be present as often as I can is where I get the best kind of uh, flow, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. And it's cool because
0: I can't think, like, I could think about tomorrow, but tomorrow doesn't exist. I could think about yesterday, but yesterday doesn't exist. Like right now in the present is the only time that we have any control of anything. And I really like, I always, I kind of get the quote, right. But I kind of get it wrong, but it's from a Kung Fu Panda. Uh, Master Uwe, <laughs> he says that uh, uh, depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future. And today is a gift. That's why it's known as the present.
1: Mm, I love that.
0: And I think that that's keeping that kind of in mind. And there's a whole bunch of philosophical and like theological. like Presence is uh, a practice. And so when I found myself the most anxious or the most depressed, it's because I just wasn't present we cannot be present and in the future or the past at the same time. Yeah. We always think in either direction instead. And that's, that's, I think it's a risky, a risky place to be because the only place that we actually are is within this time, within this moment. And 100%
1: it's, yeah,
0: it's just, it's just craziness on that one, dude.
1: No, I like that. It's, it's true, man. It's true. I, I just, yeah, I, I would, yeah. Going back to your question, like, That, that is, I think where I even just lose the sense of just time and everything is in the studio and just being there. And, 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 and I love that. And I want to continuously put myself in those positions because that's where your heart and your head align, right? When you're not thinking about work, when you're not, you know, you know, you're in the right job or career when you are not looking at the clock and you're like, oh my God, it's four o'clock already. It's five o'clock already. Oh man. I feel like I, I didn't get anything done yet. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's where I, I, you know, for me and kind of the goal of some of some of the podcasts that we have is, 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 is trying to bring out these ideas for our audience and saying, look, like you can, I guess I have never put it that way with the head and the heart, but like you want to get that aligned and whatever that is, whether that's your career, personal life relationships, you don't want to be thinking about time. You don't want to be thinking about the past or the future, right? You just want to be thinking about this moment, because like you said, it's, it's the present it's, and if you're loving the present, you're not thinking about the past or the future. So. Damn.
0: I know what I was saying earlier where it's like, shit, I, I like to try the end of the end the podcast on a freaking fired, like knowledge bomb, but it's too <laughs> early to end it. So you're just going to have to provide another one later on. That's just going to be even yeah. better than that one. Cause that was so good.
1: Uh, you, that man. is so good. Thank
0: you so i got a yeah. so I got a pretty neat question so you have uh you have a very conservative family right and then you have a creative perspective you have a creative uh uh let me see calling there we go you have a creative calling while you have the a conservative family that wants you to take the a route that is just the most consistent i suppose right so would you so there's not i, I wouldn't say that there's like do you think there's often where it was like a butting head kind of thing?
1: Uh, yeah, in certain scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, who was the most resistant to uh, your creative journey?
1: I would say my father was. I and mean, when I say was, that was because it was at a certain time. Um, and I don't blame him because of his background and. You know him coming from Afghanistan, and you know during the war, escaping the war there, and coming here into Canada. You know, not knowing the language, having just his shirt, as he says, he's he had one shirt and one pair of pants. He came to Canada, and he's built a life for himself and his family and whatnot, and not knowing the language, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, in his mind, going to school is your way to become successful, and getting these quote unquote prestigious um, jobs or careers is where you will find the most happiness, the most success, the most fulfilling life. And so that was ingrained in him. And my dad was an engineer uh, back in Afghanistan. And so for him, and he has a military background. So, um, you know, that sort of, you got to follow the book, you know, you got to, this is to become successful, it's X, Y, and Z. And that, that nothing outside of that, allows you to become successful. So um in his mind he's never been creative or he's never understood that side of things and the opportunities that we have here in Canada. So um you know I'm extremely blessed to be here and extremely blessed to to be ha- to have the opportunity to to be able to express or be creative or or pursue different things. And so I think my dad was always afraid that I would go off the path and so mm. You know, maybe go into, you know, getting into, you know, drugs or, or alcohol or becoming, you know, something that, you know, maybe going down a deep, dark path, which, um, you know, I never really did. And, but so these things were always kind of the outlier. And so for him, it was I need to make sure my son is is going the right way. And so every time I would do every time I would make music or every time I would explore doing videos or film um he would always shit on it you know he'd be like oh like what are you doing this isn't look at your cousins look at xyz this isn't why are you wasting your time etc cetera, etc cetera. so um and it's and of course like i don't again i don't blame him because he he's never understood that side of things um but it took it took a long time it took about probably at least like four or five years of me continuously making music and videos and being and finding a little bit of success and showing him, Hey, look, I like made money off this project. I've made, look at my office. This is from my creative works. Look at, look at. And so every time I kept showing him these wins and saying, Hey, it's not as bad as you think it is. That's where he started to ease off and say, Oh, okay. Like, you know, he's my son isn't a complete nutcase. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's, he's okay. And when he felt a little bit of sense of security in in that sort of form of like, you know, he's making some money or he's, he's still pursuing, you know, he's doing something. That's where he started to ease off, but it took a very long time.
0: You had to have an undeniable stack of proof to back up your claims.
1: Yeah, exactly. So- and, and that chip, that chip, I would say is, is where I, I think my father built my the chip on my shoulder because it was like i wanted to prove to him that i could do it and i had to prove to him that i am doing the right thing and so the motivation early on was i got to show him that i can make money off xyz and i still i am fending for myself and i am doing the right thing and so the motivation came from my father and then afterwards it was replaced by the motivation of i want to be one of the greatest entertainers and artists in the world. And I want to continue to pursue that dream and goal of mine. And so once it was replaced by that, then it was like, okay, I have every opportunity here and I have every living waking moment that I have, that I can continuously pursue that. And I have the opportunity to do that. I'm not going to let myself down and I'm not going to let my parents down. So, uh,
0: so I'm thinking, I'm thinking in terms of, uh, Omid. The there I'm thinking of two different personas for you. You got the Omid, and then you got the Cassius the Creative, and you got the yeah. Omid Kadari. I got that name right, right? You did, yeah. So, you got those two kind of components. So, yeah. what for better or for worse, what is a lesson through the time where there was the most resistance, where it was the most frustrating, where it was the most where you could have easily just quit and said, Yep, yeah, I'm just going to be an engineer. What is a lesson that carries over to Cassius, the creative? So going from that conservative to that safer path to uh, an unknown, a creative outlet where you feel alignment, but there's more uncertainty. What's the, where's the lesson that you maybe even got from your dad too, during that time as well?
1: What if it can turn out better than you imagine? what if it could turn out better than you imagined what if your reality could be shifted by you just making that one action and so that was constantly in the back of my head what if i meant to do this what if i meant to be this rapper and entertainer and and sell out tours and 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 be on the biggest stages in the world and make movies and do all these things that we see you know these youtubers and these creatives do on the highest level what if that could be your reality, but you decide to go into engineering? And so I always kept that in the back of my head. I always kept that in the back of my head of like, if I don't pursue this, I am going to live with that for the rest of my life and think, what if, and I don't want to think what if, I don't want to think that would, to me would k- kill me inside. And so I think that was always in the back of my head of what if it could turn out better than you imagined? Totally.
0: At the end of our days, we're just an accumulation of the regrets we chose to live with.
1: Yeah. And you know what? And I always tell myself, this is like, you know what, if I don't get to a certain level in this industry or in this, I would call game, a game of life for the things that I'm doing, that's okay. Because I'm content with myself that, you know what? I did everything in my power to pursue this. and. I will never. I won't have any regrets, you know, because I can can constantly put myself in the pursuit of it, and that to me, or the, I guess you know, they say the journey or whatever. That to me is more important because I'm continuously pursuing it. I'm continuously pursuing the the forty year old Cassius, you know. I'm per- pursuing that guy to say, oh, what what would what, what would forty year old Cassius look like? What 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 is that? And that's and and what what would that sort of reality look like um and that's a constant pursuit so
0: yeah the difference between the rival and the role model
1: yeah in your words yeah exactly that's exactly what it is so
0: that's cool um
1: but you know what i'm i'm thankful to my father for being the way he was because if i didn't have him you know that strict or that quote-unquote um you know in his ways and set in his beliefs i probably wouldn't have had that um hunger and that sort of drive to prove him wrong and initially so turn it was a sort of a i need to prove him wrong and then once i got into the flow of that i was like okay i need to prove it to myself now i want to prove it to myself i need to prove to myself that i am a good rapper i need to prove to myself that i can make a good song i need to prove to myself that i can create a video. I need to prove to myself that I can create a commercial, and then so the, these are as it started it sort of evolved the motivation and the drive and that hunger sort of evolves over time. But if it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would have um, took, taken action in those early days as hard as I did. I probably wouldn't have failed as hard as I did because I would have just accepted it. I would just ah, oh, you know what? Maybe he's right. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm just meant to just do. Maybe I'm just meant to be a a, a a doctor, an optometrist, or whatever. Maybe I'm maybe maybe he's right. Maybe this isn't the right path. And then I, pro- if I would have let that seep in, I probably would have lost that sort of drive or that. Um, and that's where people feel trapped, right? When you when you're in these positions where um, you have these inclinations and ideas. I have a lot of actually people. I wouldn't say a lot. I have a few individuals who you know will message me um, online and say oh man I really man I love the podcast I love how it looks I love what you're doing I love your music and stuff how did you do it like um I really want to I really want to really get into this as well and then I'll tell them I'll literally give them everything that i I've, I've done like this is you know this is where I go to record this is what I do these are the cameras these are the the things that I use and then I wish them all the best and then six months later I'll follow up with them I say hey you know you talked about doing this six months ago where are you at with it and they'll say oh you know man like I didn't have the time or oh I you know I don't the cameras are too expensive or the equipment whatever that was and it it's one of those things that I feel like is an idea that you just if you just let it eat you alive you will just you will that that that, like you said it's comes comes in and then starts to slowly fade and you feel trapped because you haven't you have you, you're not allowing yourself to fail. Like how hard is it to go to Best Buy right now and grab a microphone? It's not difficult. It's not. To and you can start a podcast today. You could start making music and singing and rapping on a microphone today. But you can you can consistently put obstacles in your way to a point where that idea just gets so far fetched in your mind that you don't pursue it. So anyway,
0: I think that's fantastic. That was a great tangent, dude. I think, uh, one thing that I think is really fun that I've practiced is doing it in the reverse where actually this podcast would be a good example. I guess the podcast is a couple of good examples because the biggest thing that I'm working on, this is the biggest project that I'm working on currently. So it's on the top of my mind. And, um, with that, it took me two and a half years to start it, but it took me, mm-hmm but I launched it February 8th and I'm over, I'm almost at 50 episodes already for the year. Amazing. So what I did was instead of putting those obstacles in my way, I tried, I just kept on revisiting the thought and tried to make all the steps so simple. I felt stupid, not going after it. Because I think it's the overthinking, it's the uh, perceived overwhelm that we are fearful of, of, oh, what if I fail? What if I do this? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then people are not thinking, what if it's awesome? What if you're a badass? What if you actually rock it? So I put just the strategies. Okay, what would it look like? Okay, it would take me about two hours for this, 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 and this. Then I just made the process so simple that I just felt silly saying no to myself because that's what we're really doing. If we're saying no to one thing, or if we're saying yes to one thing, we're saying no to the other thing. So if I'm saying yes to not starting the podcast, that means I'm saying no to having a podcast to being able to have these cool conversations with folks. And it's like freaky and weird because I don't, I don't know. I love talking. So it's not a, it's not that much of a change. And I think to myself, okay, well, if I was on a stage and we were just chatting, would I be okay and comfortable with the things that I'm going to say? And I think what this podcast has actually done is taught me the things that I'm the most certain of where I'm really able to go down trajectories because I can go from that personal experience rather than thinking of, I don't know, just like caring too much about societal things where it's, what's this person going to think of? What are they going to do? Where this and like stuff like that, where. I find looking in the mirror and thinking to yourself, how can I earn my self respect? How can I earn the respect of the person in the mirror?
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Right? And I think that that's, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty, that's kind of a crazy thought on that one.
1: It's that another was just thing a tangent. Too.
0: I just went out on that one.
1: <laughs> no, no, I love that, man. And, and, and going back to what you said, is a lot of us don't respect the things that we tell ourselves. Right. A lot of us Mm -hmm. don't respect the things that we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves that we're going to get fit or we tell ourselves we're going to start that podcast. We tell ourselves we're going to make that song or we're tell tell, tell ourselves that we're going to build that business. And. When you disrespect what you say to yourself, that starts to become a domino effect within and it seeps into the other parts of your life where you start to say, yeah, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to wake up at six in the morning, and go to the gym. And then you hit the snooze button. Ah, it's okay. And that, when you say it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, to a point where you've done nothing. And again, it comes back to your heart. You're not aligned anymore and you, you you disrespect yourself. And so it's one of those things that I always try to keep in mind is like, if I say something that I don't disrespect myself, you don't have to tell it to somebody else. You just have to tell yourself and look, your, look yourself in the mirror and say, look, I'm gonna do this one way, one way or another. And I'm gonna figure it out um and 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 respect what you say because then it then the opposite happens and you start to dominate other parts of your life because you are respecting what you're saying don't have the audacity to say it if you're not going to do it right so
0: damn that's a good one too (laughs) all right that was pretty good I I totally agree because then you have incongruence, right? And confidence comes from competence and competence comes from your thoughts and your behaviors aligning. Yep. And so if you're, I love how you said, so you said disrespect, what was it you said there? Disrespecting. Yeah.
1: Don't, don't disrespect the things that you say to yourself. If you have the audacity to say the things that you're going to say, then, then do them right. Don't disrespect your word to yourself. Because if you do that, it starts to seep into other parts of your life. So, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, That was absolutely fantastic. So on that note, (laughs) (laughs) on that note, we're just going to be tying it up here. And I got two questions for you, my friend,
1: unless there's something
0: that you wanted to share that I just didn't touch on or didn't ask about.
1: Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, I think we're good. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, dude, you dropped two fire knowledge bombs on that one. I am so pumped to clip this up.
1: (laughs) Um, Thank you, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate you.
0: Beautiful. So first question, it's the dark one. It's really, it's really, it's gets pretty dark for folks, but you're on your deathbed. It's at the end of your days. None of your content exists. None of your music exists, which is kind of even crazier to think of. The people that you care about and the people that you love are around you. What is a piece of advice that you want to pass on to everyone around you?
1: If it doesn't exist. So what you're saying is I never pursued anything.
0: No. Like if it just, you're on your deathbed, everything's deleted. All you have is that one, whatever you say on your deathbed is the only piece of advice or the only thing, this is going to be the last thing that you're known for or the last piece of advice that you ever gave.
1: Damn. Uh, Okay. I have to go back to it. What if it could turn out better than you imagined? I would, I would have to leave that with, with the friends and family around my deathbed because I didn't pursue it. And that in that moment. So what if it can turn out better than you imagine? What if you act on your dreams? What if you act on your ideas? What if you act on the inclinations you have? I think I don't know who said it, but they said the graveyard is the most valuable place in the world. Because why? Why is that? Because there's people in their graves right now who didn't act on their goals and their ideas. Because, and and those ideas and those inclinations have died with them those secrets have died with them those things that they've always wanted to do have died with them and so i think the the, the piece of advice that i would give my my friends family anyone listening to this is yeah what if it could turn out better than you imagine that in, that little inclination that thought in the back of your mind that you've had for the last year act on that
0: that That's is a fantastic piece of advice. That is so good. So now bringing it to a little bit more of an internal realm, let's say that, uh, let that 40 uh, year old Cassius is sitting right next to you. Yeah. What advice is he going to give you for the season of his life that you're experiencing right now?
1: Keep going. Keep, keep pushing, keep doing what you're doing uh, because those, things that I'm doing right now are going to set me up for me, for the 40-year-old caches. So don't give up. Don't stop. Do not stop because it's not going to be like this when you're 40, if you don't continue doing what you're doing.
0: That is fantastic. All right, folks, that's what I got for you in today's episode. Where can people find you, my friend?
1: If anyone wants to find me, uh, you can go uh, on all platforms at Cassius, Q-A-S-H-U-S. If you want to check out my other works, um, you know, I'm on the second floor podcast, 2ND floor podcast, find some of our conversations there. I'm also on the radio Friday nights, every Friday night from six to eight, I'm on the radio. So uh, 1440 AM on the universal radio network. You can catch me and Kenny uh, my co-host uh, on there. And uh, if you want to check out some of my production work, it's Q Films Media app, Q Films with a Z, media. So
0: that is awesome. Which one's your main one? Where people, Cassius, I suppose, hey?
1: Cassius is the one, yes. Yeah. So if they want to find me at Q-A-S-H-U-S.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. And folks, if you love today's episode, please do me a favor right now. Share it on your Instagram stories and tag me with my handle at warrior body call along with at Cassius. That is one of the ways that we grow. And until next time, I hope your day treats you as
1: good as you look. Like and subscribe. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Like and subscribe.